Welcome to the Pacific Northwest edition of America Outdoors Radio. We've got a fast-paced hour of fishing, hunting, and conservation covering the nation and the Northwest, including 13 extra minutes of local content you'll only hear on Seattle's Sports Radio, KJR. Welcome to your weekend right here at Seattle Sports Radio, KJR 93.3. As usual, we've got a couple of great local guests lined up for you today. The first one is Jeff Folkma. He's the owner of the Garibaldi Marina, and he's got a Tillamook Bay clamming, crabbing, and fishing report for you at the bottom of the hour. And after hearing it, you just might want to make plans to head down there and either bring your boat or rent one from Jeff at the marina this May. We'll also get a chance to talk to Bob Loomis again with Max Lure. He's going to tell you about a great lure to cast from the lakeshore for some of those trout that have been planted in all of those lakes around the state. You'll hear from Bob at the end of our program today. If you're wondering how the Lowland Lakes trout opener went last Saturday, I can tell you. I spoke with Steve Caramile, the Inland Fish Program Manager for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. He said, by and large, the weather was good around the state and there were a lot of happy anglers. Catch rates were excellent in some lakes and decent in many more, and the catch rates should be improving over the next few weeks. Creel Checkers spoke to some 2,400 anglers on 80 different lakes on opening day and those anglers caught some 7,800 fish so we're talking about a three fish average here that's not too bad at all as for what the hot lakes were especially in western Washington that would be Walker Lake in King County where the average angler caught 12 fish each we're not talking about huge ones here but a lot of them and obviously several of those were released you can't keep 12 trout a couple of other really good lakes to fish were Geneva Lake in King County Echo Maltby in Snohomish County and Howard Lake in Snohomish County, they all gave up over eight fish per angler on average. As for Pierce County, the hot lake was wrapped John with about 5.36 fish per angler. And Haven Lake in Kitsap County was also giving up five fish per angler. Again, all in all, decent to very good fishing in many of our lakes last weekend. Switching from trout to kokanee, it turns out the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife has been planting quite a few lakes in recent years that you normally think of as trout lakes. An example is Fish Lake. That's the one by Lake Wenatchee in Leavenworth. Dave Graybill, the fishing magician, recently went out there and reported catching 12 to 13 inch kokanee. They've been stocking them there for a couple of years now. I checked some other stocking reports from last year and found some other places you might want to try for kokanee include Wapato Lake near Manson in Chelan County. That's another well-known trout destination. Angle Lake right in SeaTac, believe it or not, as well as Langloy, Meridian, and Sawyer lakes in King County and don't forget American Lake in Pierce County which got a huge plant of 400,000 kokanee fry last May. Heading from the freshwater to the saltwater, the Lingcod opener in Puget Sound is tomorrow. The season runs through June 15th. The limit is one delicious tasting Lingcod per day, measuring between 26 and 36 inches long. All of the marine areas in Puget Sound and the Strait are open for Lingcod fishing this spring, except for Marine Area 12. That's Hood Canal, and that area is closed. Another fishery opening up tomorrow, Spring Chinook fishing on the Quileute and Solduck Rivers. You are allowed to fish from a boat, but no outboard motors are permitted. You're also allowed to use live bait until July 15th. The limit, four hatchery fish, only two of which can be adult Chinook salmon. 
Continuing with Spring Chinook, it's been a bit slow on the Columbia River so far. There was definitely effort last week at the Wind River and at Drano Lake, but anglers were averaging less than one Chinook caught for every four anglers. Keep an eye on the dam counts, though. Traditionally, this is the week we see that surge of springers coming over Bonneville Dam, and if you do see that surge, a road trip to the Columbia River Gorge may be in order. By the way, this opening segment is brought to you every week by your Puget Sound area Sportsman's Warehouse stores in Silverdale, Everett, Federal Way, and Puyallup, which have the tackle, rods, reels, line, and everything else you need for everything from trout to kokanee to lingcod to chinook. And with that, you are now in the know about what's hot this week in the Pacific Northwest. That's your first local shot of the outdoors. Now let's see what's going on across the nation. It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. We're going to start off things today wishing a well-known company a very happy birthday. That would be Federal Ammunition, which turned 100 years old this month. Incorporated in 1922, Federal has been providing rifle, handgun, and shotgun ammo for generations of shooters. Today, the company employs 1,500 workers in Anoka, Minnesota, and if you go there, you'll find a lit-up 100th anniversary sign on top of one of their silos. Congrats to all of you at Federal. Keep up the good work for many years to come. This week on America Outdoors Radio, we've got three great guests for you. The first one you'll hear from is John Soares. He's got a book out called Camp for Free, and it's all about dispersed camping, also known as boondocking on our public lands. We're talking Forest Service lands, BLM lands, those kind of lands. He's going to join us for an extended segment to let you know how all of this works and to help you plan a boondocking trip of your own this year and know you don't need a fancy RV or overland Jeep or lifted truck to do this. Another guest we'll talk to is a friend of mine, Chef Randy King from the Treasure Valley in Idaho, where you can hear this show Saturday mornings on KBOI AM 670 out of Boise. Randy is going to help all of us trout anglers with a problem we've all faced. The problem? Just how do you go about getting those recently stocked hatchery trout you've caught to taste good? The struggle is real, but Randy, also known as the chef in the wild, will help you through it. Our other guest, let's just say he's a legend. I mean it. He really is a legend. It's Jimmy Houston, that very well-known bass tournament pro, all-around angler, and the longtime television host of Jimmy Houston Outdoors. Jimmy will be coming at you from southern Oklahoma today to tell you about a brand new book he's got that I'm getting. It's called Catch a Better Life, and it's a book that is both a Christian devotional that also has daily fishing tips. This is definitely the sort of book that can keep me on track for daily devotional reading. In addition to this, I'm going to ask Jimmy about what lures he has been most impressed with in recent years and the lure that, in his opinion, has really stood the test of time when it comes to catching bass. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. 
This portion of the show is brought to you by Henry Repeating Arms, and I was giving my firearms their spring cleaning the other day and had to pull out my Henry Long Ranger rifle. I'll tell you what, this is a fairly new model from Henry, but if you are a hunter, this is a dream. It's a lever-action rifle, but it doesn't have a tube with bullets. No, it actually has a magazine that has four rounds. There's another fifth round you can have in the chamber, and it comes in modern calibers. I've got a 6.5 Creedmoor. You can also get it in 308 or 243 or even 223. And this rifle, like every rifle manufactured by Henry Repeating Arms, is made in America. It is rugged, it's reliable, it looks great, it shoots straight, and you are going to love it. As a matter of fact, it's got a lifetime satisfaction guarantee. Check out the Henry Long Ranger online at henryusa.com. Look for an authorized dealer near you. If you have any questions, contact the award-winning customer service staff, and don't forget to ask for your free decals and catalog, too. The website again, henryusa.com. Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we've got John Sorries on the line. He is the author of Camp for Free, Dispersed Camping and Boondocking on America's Public Lands, published by Get Outside Press. He's also the author of four Northern California hiking guide books, published by Mountaineers Books. You can find out more about Camp for Free at dispersedcamping.net. John, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, John. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's talk about dispersed camping and boondocking as opposed to camping in a traditional developed campground. You know, a lot of hunters do this, but I think most average campers and hikers and even anglers don't. Why do you recommend boondocking over a traditional campground stay? Well, for me, what I love about dispersed camping is being by myself way out in the backcountry with nobody else around and just me and all that beautiful nature. There's no sounds of civilization. There's dark skies at night. There's lots of wildlife. And I personally just totally, totally appreciate that. Whereas if you're in a traditional campground that you pay for and there's all the organized sites, they are great in many ways because it's good to have a picnic table and there can be restrooms there and things like that. However, with traditional campgrounds, you can have a lot of noise from other campers. That's happened to me several times when I've been in organized campgrounds as people are up late partying into the night. You can also have a lot of campfire smoke. When everybody has their campfires going and there's no wind, you can just really have to deal with a lot of smoke. And of course, you're paying for a traditional campground, whereas when you're doing dispersed camping, it is free. So that's why I just totally prefer dispersed camping and have been doing it for three plus decades. Well, you bring up a lot of great points. You're absolutely right about the pros and cons of developed campground stays, not to mention the fact you're pretty much camping within a small village anytime you go to a traditional campground, especially a state parks campground uh, during the COVID pandemic. They are so crowded these days. So let's get off by ourselves. Let's talk about what kind of public lands you can do dispersed camping on. The main types of lands where you can do dispersed camping are national forests, which are all over the western United States. There's also quite a few in the eastern United States, the upper Midwest, along the Appalachians, around the Ozarks. So national forests is a prime place to do it. And then the second main place to do it is on Bureau of Land Management lands, which are only in the west. They're really not 
east of the Rocky Mountains, but they are quite prominent in the west, especially when you start getting in the southwestern states like Arizona, Utah, and also Nevada. California has quite a bit of BLM land, but those are the two main places where you can do it. There are other types of public lands, including some state lands, but it's a little more patchwork. Some national monuments allow you to do it, like Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument in southern Utah, which is one of my absolute favorite places to explore and hike and do dispersed camping. But your main places are going to be national forests and Bureau of Land Management lands. You know, you hit on something there with uh, state lands, particularly fish and wildlife areas. They can have some space to them. They generally don't have developed campsites, but quite a few of them do allow camping, at least in Oregon and Washington. That's where I've camped on it before. Do you also have that option in states like California? You do in some places, and you always need to research, as I say in the book, you always need to research thoroughly ahead of time and make sure that dispersed camping, also known as boondocking, is allowed where you want to go. For example, in California, state parks do not allow you to do any dispersed camping. You have to stay in their organized campgrounds. And the same goes with national parks, too, doesn't it? Yes, especially national parks, since they get so many visitors, they really don't allow dispersed camping. You've got to do it in their organized campsites. However, many of the national parks in the West especially have a lot of federal public lands. That's your national forests and your Bureau of Land Management lands surrounding the national parks. So you do have opportunities for dispersed camping near national parks. Just be aware that the closer you are to a really popular spot, like say Yosemite National Park or something like that, there's going to be a lot of people wanting to do dispersed camping around there, which will make it more difficult for you to find a good primo site with some privacy. Well, we're going to talk more about planning a dispersed camping trip in just a few minutes, if you're willing to stick around. Would that be okay with you, John? Oh, absolutely. Happy to do it. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We're going to talk more about camping on our public lands and doing so at no charge at all in just a minute. Hang tight. We'll be back with more from America Outdoors Radio. We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska for a while now, and there's a reason. They are the only Alaska lodge we talk about in this show. It's because they're truly Alaska's best lodge. The adventure starts with a float plane ride from Ketchikan, after which you'll get the chance to experience some of the best hospitality, food, and wonderful people you'll ever meet. Wildlife is abundant, from bears and deer to eagles and whales, and let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing. Halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. 
Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. The two-burner camp stove has evolved, and today's line of portable camp stoves from Camp Chef have come a long way from your father's propane stove, featuring matchless ignition, more cooking power, and in some cases a built-in grill or extra burner, and you've got what you need to whip up some great grub in the field. Look for the complete line of Mountain Series stoves at your local sporting goods store or online at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. The Tillamook Coast isn't just about fishing. It's about clamming and crabbing, too. Drop a crab pot into Tillamook Bay or a crab ring off the dock and haul in a bounty of fresh Dungeness crab. You can also head to one of our many bays during low tide to gather a dinner of bay clams that will taste great steamed or in chowder. Find out more about these year-round activities and plan your visit today at TillamookCoast.com. That's TillamookCoast.com, Oregon's best bay clamming and crabbing. We're talking to Mike Meesberg again at Mardon Resort at Eastern Washington's huge potholes reservoir. Mike, why is your resort so popular every summer? Fun in the sun, in a beautiful warm camping area, swimming area, fishing for all kinds of fish, especially topwater bass fishing. We are just scratching the surface as to why you'll want to head there this summer. Find out more at MardonResort.com. That's Mardon Resort, where the fish bite, but we don't. The Dalles in Oregon is your base camp for fishing fun. Reel in big salmon, tangle with steelhead, bass, and walleye, or wrestle a monster sturgeon to the boat. After the day is done, you'll find a variety of lodging options around town. Need to resupply? We've got you covered with sporting goods stores plus great dining, breweries, wineries, and can't-miss attractions like the Gorge Discovery Center. Plan your fishing getaway today at explorethedalles.com. That's explorethedalles.com. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We're continuing our conversation 
with John Soares. He's the author of Camp for Free, Disperse Camping and Boondocking on America's Public Lands, published by Get Outside Press. He's also the author of four Northern California hiking guidebooks, published by Mountaineers Books. You can find out more about Camp for Free at dispersedcamping.net. You can also buy it at Amazon, too. As for those hiking guidebooks, go to northerncaliforniahikingtrails.com. John, thanks for sticking around. Yes, my pleasure. Let's talk about planning a dispersed camping trip because this is a kind of a tricky thing in my opinion. I mean, if you're planning a traditional camping trip, it's easy to hop on a state parks or federal reservation site and book a stay at a campground in a national forest or a national park or a state park. But how do you go about planning a dispersed camping trip? First of all, you have to decide where do you want to go in general, and you need to think about what activities you like to do. I personally like to hike a lot, so I think about places that have some good hiking nearby, either on established trails or on dirt roads or even potentially cross country. But if you like to hunt, you of course need to figure out where you're going to go hunting and then think about where you're going to find sites around that. And the same if you're an angler, where do you want to go fishing? And then look at those public lands, usually federal lands, national forest and Bureau of Land Management lands that are nearby where you can plan your trip. So starts with where do you want to go? Then I have a whole chapter in the book Camp for Free about this. I recommend that you contact the agency in charge by calling them. You can also check their website, but call them up, tell them what you want to do, roughly where you want to be, and ask for advice. Say, where are some good areas for dispersed camping? And you can usually get some good advice for that. Sometimes they will even tell you there are some good specific sites right here, or there's a great site right in this specific spot. So that's always fantastic. So you want to do that. You also want to have maps, both print maps and digital maps. Print maps you can get usually from the agency that is in charge of the area that has jurisdiction. A good one to have, so if it's a national forest, you can get a national forest map and that shows a lot of the roads that you're going to be driving on when you're going to find a dispersed camping site. They almost always also have motor vehicle use maps, which are specifically just maps of roads, and they're coded to let you know what roads are open, what roads are closed, what roads are suitable for what types of vehicles, meaning some are really rough and they'll say they're four-wheel drive roads, so you would want high clearance for that. You want to do that, and then there's also some apps that can be useful, but The apps oftentimes don't really have a real strong selection of sites, especially out in the more remote areas. But then there are also apps like uh, CalTopo and Gaia, and also the Onyx hunting uh, app can be useful. They will show you uh, topographic maps of the area that you're going along with all the roads, and that can just be invaluable for getting that general area and then helping you to narrow it down where you want to go. What about Google Maps? That's something that I use uh, when it comes to trying to figure out a place to go on public lands. Not so much the map feature, but the satellite feature, which might actually show some informal camping spots. 
Yes, that's true. Google Maps can be useful in certain instances. And uh, one nice thing I like about Google Maps is it shows you boundaries between private lands and public lands. You need to know that because sometimes it's not clear you're on public land or private land. And of course, you want to be on public land where it is legal to do it. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk about something else you hit on there. And that's, you know, the roads that you're boondocking on. I think a lot of people, when you talk about this, they think that you're heading out in your, you know, your Jeep Wrangler or your pickup truck with high clearance and maybe a a camper on top. But you don't necessarily need those vehicles to do these dispersed camping trips, do you? No, you don't. No matter what vehicle you drive, you can do dispersed camping. If you have a Toyota Camry, you can still go dispersed camping and take a tent and find legal places to pitch your tent and camp and totally enjoy yourself. What really factors in here is the condition of the roads, and that is where the vehicle you drive really comes into play. To me, the ideal vehicle would be like a high-clearance, all wheel drive pickup truck with a camper or one of those vans that is also high clearance and all wheel drive that you can sleep in. Those are great because they're a good combination of the high clearance that you need. And then also, since they're not like big, large RV type vehicles, you can really get down most dirt roads. So that's optimal. But again, no matter what you drive, you can do this. Even if you have an RV, you just really have to plan and do your research ahead of time and make sure you're on suitable roads. And along those lines, I strongly advise people when you're out looking for a site to be careful to not get yourself in trouble on the road. I have a piece of advice I give that is when in doubt, scout, meaning stop your vehicle, get out and walk the road and make sure that your vehicle can keep going on it, or if you need to turn around, there would be room to turn around. And sometimes you see the road looks just a little bit iffy, and you think, well, I'll just park here. You walk another 200 feet, and you see a great site, and you look at the road, and like, I can make this. This is a great site, and here we go. That is some great advice. And I think something else we should talk about here is safety, because remote camping, especially on BLM lands and some National Forest Service lands, good chance there's not going to be any cell service and you're going to be a long ways from anybody. So, you know, the old Boy Scout motto of be prepared comes into play, doesn't it? Absolutely. You must be prepared for anything that can come up out there. You have to make sure that you bring, of course, everything that you need. You're typically going to be quite a ways away from a store for one thing to buy supplies. So you just have to make sure you have all your food and water and all those sorts of things to make sure that you are fed and take care of your thirst and that you're comfortable out there. And you also have to do realize that you are self sufficient out there that you can call 911, but if you don't have cell service, that's not going to work. I have a Garmin in-reach device that I take, which can allow me in an emergency to actually get into contact with somebody and get some help, but it is important to really be prepared, and that means making sure your vehicle is in good shape also, that you've got good tire pressure, that you've had a checkout recently by a mechanic, so you're feeling comfortable that it's in pretty good shape. Call it dispersed camping, call it boondocking. Uh, Either way, it is a whole lot of fun. One other thing I'd like to talk about, we just don't have time, is ethics. But I'll leave it at this. Leave no trace. Whatever you bring in, 
take it out with you. That way you keep our public lands pristine. In the meantime, if you're interested in finding out more about this topic, pick up the book written by John Sores. It's Camp for Free, Dispersed Camping and Boondocking on America's Public Lands, published by Get Outside Press. The website to go to is, well, you can get on Amazon. You can also get it as an ebook anywhere that you buy ebooks. But if you want to get it from John directly, go to his website, dispersedcamping.net. That's dispersedcamping.net. If you're interested in his Northern California hiking guidebooks, go to his other website, Northern California hikingtrails.com. That's Northern California hikingtrails.com. John, thanks for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Well, thank you so much, John. I had a lot of fun. Country hunters and anglers. You may have heard of us, but what are we about? BHA is the voice for your wild public lands, waters, and wildlife. From national level policy work to boots on the ground projects like public land cleanups, we work across North America to uphold the legacy of our public lands and waters, as well as your opportunity to hunt, fish, and recreate on them. Stand up for public lands and waters and become a BHA member today. Visit backcountryhunters.org. This is the time of year to get out and cook out. So make your next meal sizzle with Camp Chef, the brand known for quality outdoor cooking. From camp stoves to cast iron, from smokers to grills, Camp Chef will change the way you cook outdoors. To eat like a king on your next adventure, go to CampChef.com or visit your local sporting goods store and get cooking. Whether you're serving breakfast in the backcountry or barbecue on the back patio, savor the simplicity with Camp Chef. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Ready for more local fishing and hunting? You got it. It's the Pacific Northwest edition of America Outdoors Radio. Right here on Seattle's Sports Radio, KJR. For your next local shot of the outdoors, we're heading down to Tillamook Bay in the northern Oregon coast. We're talking with Jeff Folkma, the owner of the Garibaldi Marina, where you can rent boats and go crabbing or fishing in Tillamook Bay. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for calling. Let's start off with a fishing report. How have things been? Well, uh, the bottom fishing has been really good, but that's pretty much out in the ocean. Charter boats or recreational people have their own boats have been doing limits without a problem. As far as inside the bay goes, there's a few guys trying for those early spring fish. The 1st of May is usually our kickoff for our spring Chinook down here on Tillamook Bay. And we haven't seen any as of yet, but I suspect there's been a few caught up in the tide water, and everybody's keeping their mouth closed about that one. All right. Well, that's good news since, folks, uh, a Tillamook trip might be a good option. What about the crabbing? How is that this time of year? Crabbing's been holding up fairly decent. My rental boats have been, I would say, average between one to one and a half limits of just going out and just having a relaxing time out there, not working too hard at it. And uh, that's Dungeness, of course. And there's always some red rock crab around, but most people don't go out and target those. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the red rock crab, they don't have as much meat, but they are tasty. And folks, the limit in Oregon is way better than the limit in Washington. You can keep, what is it, Jeff, 12 Dungeness and 24, yes. 25 red rock? 24 red rock and 12 Dungeness, yes. That's a lot of crab meat to put in the cooler and take back home. Last but not least, the bay clamming. Bay clamming. Uh, we just came off a series of pretty big tides, and 
I don't know anybody that didn't go out and get their limits. I'm just looking at a tide book here, and it looks like our next set of big tides, minus tides, start around the middle of May. And on the 18th, which is the middle of the week, but it's a minus two foot. Oh, wow. I mean, there's not going to be much water out there in the pond at all. Well, that sounds like a great excuse to head down to Tillamook <laughs> Bay and Garibaldi. Bring your clam shovels or your clam rakes, I should say, since we're talking or about... Or we rent them here at the Garibaldi Marina. And rent a boat, too. Throw out some crab rings and get a whole bunch of crab. And by then, the, the spring Chinook fishing should be hot, too. Jeff, thanks as always. I appreciate it. Hey, you betcha. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Natural wonders, beaches and coves, majestic forests and scenic vistas are waiting for you at the Tillamook Coast. Lace up your hiking boots, grab your camera and come to Northwest Oregon. Find out more at TillamookCoast.com. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz, and we have got a very special guest for you today. It's Jimmy Houston, that legendary pro angler and the host of Jimmy Houston Outdoors that you can see every week on ESPN, the World Fishing Network, the Pursuit Channel, the Hunt Channel, and more. Jimmy, it is a pleasure to have you on the air. Hey, it's so good to be visiting with you, John. How are things going out there your way today? Well, they're not too bad. I wish I was bass fishing right now or crappie fishing, but I'll, I'll leave that to you in southern Oklahoma today. Why I got you on the air, though, is I want to talk about your new book, Catch a Better Life. It's a book full of daily devotions and fishing tips. I'm interested. I think our listeners are interested. Tell us more. It's actually an outstanding book, and it, it does just exactly what it says it will do, catch a better life. It'll make your life better. You know, we uh, wrote a devotional book back in 2012, John, called Catch of the Day, and sold lots and lots and lots of lots copies of that over the last 10 years. I said I would never write another daily devotional because it just takes so much time. It took me five months to write the first one. It took me about a year and a half to write the second one. That's how difficult it is. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but we actually started a YouTube channel about uh, a year and a half ago called Catch of the Day. We have a regular Jimmy Houston Outdoors YouTube channel, which we post videos, well, basically every single day. I think six out of the seven days of the week, we post a video on Jimmy Houston Outdoors YouTube. But our Catch of the Day channel, we started just simply reading and posting it every morning at 5 o'clock Central Time, that daily devotional, the uh, scripture for the day, the devotional, which all the devotionals are built around fishing, you know, general fishing as well as tournament fishing. And then we had a fishing tip for every day. So, you know, you could start your day out or re read it anytime during the day, obviously, or look at the YouTube channel anytime during the day. And then you'd have a scripture, which if, you know, just one scripture in God's Word every day is going to make a person better in, in itself. And the devotional, of course, uh, explains that, you know, we embellish that devotional on our our YouTube channel. Sometimes we'll talk a little bit more about the scripture. Sometimes we'll talk about a little bit more about the devotional. Sometimes a little bit more about the fishing tip. And then we always end it with that fishing tip. And so at the end of the year, you're going to be a lot better fisherman at the same time. So it's really a, a channel. It's, I think even though we only have about 20,000 people, we have well over 100,000 people on our other YouTube channel. But uh, even though we only have about 20,000 people on Catch of the Day, I really believe it's the most important channel on YouTube because a person will have a better life. And, you know, that's what we're all looking for every single day when we get up. 
you know, and face the day to tomorrow, the next day, the next day. We want that to be a better day. So that's what it's all about. And uh, I actually signed 650 of those books last Thursday and <laughs> got them out. We finally have got caught up. We'd sold about 12 or 1400 of them on a pre-order and finally got them in. And we finally got everybody's books out. So uh, the folks can, can order and we can get them out pretty quickly now. All right. Well, the YouTube channel again, folks, Catch of the Day. I know I'm going to be subscribing to that. But I'll tell you what, as soon as I get off the phone, I am going to buy your book, Catch a Better Life. How do I do it? Is it through your website? The simplest way is just to go to JimmyHouston.com. And one of the great things about doing it that way is you can list on there, you know, if you want that book personalized to someone. It's a, it's in a gift book series. That's really what it's designed for. We have Father's Day coming up here uh, real quickly, Mother's Day and Father's Day. So it is a, a gift book. When you open it up, it's got a, a to and from where you can give that as a gift and what occasion you might give it on. But, but when you go on that website and order, just JimmyHouston.com, you can put on there, if you want that book personalized, or, you know, a lot of people, we've had many people order 10, 12, 15 of them, and we'll, you know, have them personalized to different individuals, and I do every one of them by myself. I don't know one else signs for me, and I don't use a stamp or, or anything, so <laughs> if we want that personalized to John or to, or to Jack or to Jill, it doesn't matter. And many people want a little note on there, like happy birthday or happy Father's Day, you know, congratulations on retirement or, or whatever. I mean, we can do whatever. We Like I said, we take the time to, to do it correctly. I, I guess if I was like some of them and selling a million books, I probably would not be able to do that. But it's a great book, and it, it will it will change your life. Listening to that uh, devotional every day will change your life also. And it's just the way God works. And I'm just a messenger out here. It's not me. It's, it's all of what's going on out there. So um, it's really a, it's, it's, it's a great deal. And it's just a, it's an honor to get to do it. It's a, an honor to have uh, lived life long enough that you understand a lot about and have read the Bible through 50 or 60 times that you sort of understand it a little bit better than, than what a lot of folks don't that, that perhaps haven't done that. So I, there's something to say, John, to, to living a long time. You know that. <laughs> Indeed. And the a little is... bit of wisdom, don't we? <laughs> oh, Jimmy. The book again, Catch a Better Life by Jimmy Houston. Again, go to jimmyhouston.com and get yours today like I'm going to get mine today. Hey, let's switch topics. We've got a couple minutes left. Bass fishing. Let's talk about the, the most impressive new bass catching lure you've seen come out in the last few years. <laughs> Well, actually, we just brought out a new retro Redman spinnerbait, which is, uh, will probably, I don't know if it's going to set spinnerbait fishing back to the old time. People are going to catch more fish on it or, or whether uh, some folks will laugh at it. But, uh, probably, you know, the technique that's come out, uh, that has really become popular and we've been doing it ever since we were teenagers. But the technique is, is a small jig and worm, which is when we were kids. That's what we just called that, the jig and worm. They later started calling them shaky heads. And then later, you know, uh, they kept the size of the lead head down and kept the size of the worms down and called them Ned Rigs. Right. Uh, and, and so that's probably one of the things that, you know, that has really come out that anybody can fish. They can fish it a lot of different ways and catch fish. And, and then Gary Yamamoto coming out with that Cinco and, and a bait that you could fish with a slip sinker. You could fish Carolina rig. You put a hook in the middle of it and fish it wacky style. You can rig it Texas style. You can do anything with it. And, and it's one that basically anybody can catch fish on. You know, our red man spinnerbait, we made the red man spinnerbait, you know, exactly, as a matter of fact, like the ones that, that I won two BASS Angler of the Year titles, so it's not a hokey bait by any stretch of the imagination, but it's totally different than what the spinnerbaits have kind of generated into over the last many, many, many years. It's a short-arm spinnerbait, single uh, round blade, so it's got a tremendous amount of vibration. The blade bounces back and forth, which no spinnerbait will do. It's got a, a uh, 
a barrel swivel as opposed to ball bearing, which makes that blade work harder and makes it vibrate more. And it's got a safety pin bin. Uh, you can probably remember back when we made center base as a kid. Right. We would take big safety pins, and they were already had the you know the, the shape. They were shaped when you opened them up. They were shaped like a spinner bait. So all you had to do was cut the the part that you fastened the point into off, and uh, put a hook on there, and, and put a jig head on. You know, put it in the mold, make a jig head, and the, the point that was sharp, you just cut that off a little bit where it wasn't sharp, and bend it around and put a blade on it. And that's how we made spinner baits. And so the red man spinner bait, and it's by Lucky Strike, the red man spinner bait has got that safety pin type bend and. The advantage of that, of course, is the vibration. The other advantage is you could actually catch two or three hundred fish on there and not break that bait. <laughs> wow! And uh, we use a living rubber skirt on there as opposed to silicone, so it's not as bright as uh, silicone. And perhaps the skirts won't last as long, but uh, they've got tremendous action. And that bait produces a sound that really and truly the bass haven't heard in many, many, many years. In fact, I kid people that there's not many fishermen old enough to have fished that bait. <laughs> and there's certainly not any fish left alive in the lake that have seen it swimming around in their waters. And we have just been smoking them with that bait. Of course, it's spinnerbait season here in the south in Oklahoma, and we have just been killing them on it. I mean, it's just a... And it is a different bait, even though it's a spinnerbait. And it's a retro. It's, it's something that, you know, actually, John, I sold Sam Walton those red man spinner baits i sold him those baits when he had 13 walmart stores oh 13 my gosh. that's how far that bait goes back so it's got kind of a romance story to it too but but it's a real you know legitimate fish catcher uh like i said i won a couple of angle of the year titles on that 10 years apart you know one in 76 and one in 86 and before most everybody was born that is alive nowadays but <laughs> <laughs> oh by the way that's 19 that is 1976 1986 not 18 <laughs> <laughs> it was went on in 1886. <laughs> you're not that old. I think you might get that old, but you're not that old yet. Jimmy, we, <laughs> we have may, got I don't know. We, may. <laughs> we have got to go. But folks, if you're looking for something that is retro and still works today, check out the Redman Spinner Bait by Lucky Strike. You can order it off their website or just go to Jimmy Houston's website, jimmyhouston.com, right, yeah. and get it there. Get other lures there. And again, get that book, Catch a Better Life, there. Daily Devotions and Fishing Tips. I'm buying mine today, and I hope you do as well. Jimmy, thanks for sharing all of this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. I appreciate you, John. You're doing a great job, by the way, buddy. You're a very kind man, and God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at WorkSharp. And if you are hunting this fall, you know the importance of a sharp knife. You're going to need it for gutting that animal, butchering that animal, taking the hide off that animal, and there's a good chance... You have to sharpen it more than once while you're doing these things in the field. That's why a pocket knife sharpener or the guided field sharpener from WorkSharp are great items to have with you. Whether you're after deer, elk, pronghorn, or bear, a sharp knife helps you get things done after you drop that animal. Look for WorkSharp products at sporting goods stores, hardware stores, and ranch and home stores near you, or online at WorkSharpTools.com. That's WorkSharpTools.com. 
Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give you even more incredible discounts. If you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener special, you'll see an incredible lineup. In fact, right now, it's the bedding sale. 50% off the following. Sheets, a 2-inch mattress topper, sleepwear, blankets, quilts, comforter. I'm Ken Matthews. I'm a big fan of Mike and a real big fan of MyPillow.com. That's where you need to go, by the way. You go to MyPillow.com. You scroll down till you get to the radio listener specials. Then you click on it. That's where you're going to save big when you enter the code Ken. That's my name, Ken. For example, a full body pillow, regularly priced $117, now only $39.99. Made in America, comfortable, luxurious quality from my friend Mike Lindell at MyPillow.com. Enter promo code KEN. MyPillow.com, promo code KEN. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstances, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the darkest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true. To provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities, Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference. That's huntofalifetime.org. Next on America Outdoors Radio, we've got Randy King on the line coming at us from Nampa, Idaho. He is the chef in the wild, and if you haven't already, you should really check out his website at chefrandyking.com. Randy, great to have you back on the air. It's great to be back as always, John. Thank you. I was reading your monthly column uh, in last month's edition of Northwest Sportsman Magazine, and it was all about hatchery trout and how to make them actually taste decent, which is a challenge. I'll be honest. Uh, Stock trout, especially recently stock trout, with that white meat that's soft is not a favorite of mine. You started off that column with a great story about when you were a kid, you were 16 years old, had a summer job. And you pretty much lived on trout that summer, didn't you? <laughs> so, yeah, I had this great job. We uh, somehow, 
my friend's dad that employed us managed to get the contracts for fish hatcheries and for commercial fish processing. So we were in there and we were doing the floors. We would work the day away, basically wheelbarrows full of concrete, essentially. And then uh, we would fish the outlet canals of these things on private property. Now, these fish weren't regulated by Idaho Fish and Game. They were they were all on private property. So it was all private fish at this point. So if anybody's like, well, there are regulations in place, just don't worry about that. It was all it was all legal. But we were allowed, since we were the vendor and the place was closed, to fish the outlet canals. And when I say we stacked up fish, I mean, I'm talking like those old green Coleman coolers that you had from right. the, the 70s that were like, you know, commonplace in the late 80s, early 90s full of trout to the oh point where it got to be disturbing amounts of trout. I remember thinking how good the fishing was going to be later in the day when I kicked a, a pebble off the bridge going into the, the plant and a fish came up and ate the rock as it was sinking. <laughs> so I was like, oh, they're going to bite on anything I throw at them. So, and they did. And eventually what came to happen is we, we, we had to ice these things up, drive them from back from Idaho all the way over to Vashon Island on ice and figure out what we were going to do with them. And it just became like a, a project for the summer. It was, all right, we're going to freeze this batch. We're going to smoke this batch. We're going to fry this batch. We need to have a bunch of people over for this batch. It was certainly a problem to have. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Look back on my time fondly. Well, you swore off trout for a while after that, but but you started (laughs) eating them again. And the meat of the column, pun intended here, is about how to make these stock trout taste decent. And you've got some great ideas, and, and it comes down to you actually stuff the trout. Why don't you explain a little bit more about this recipe? Right, right. So trout lack fat. For the most part, right? They're not like a they're not like a, um, a salmon or anything coming out of the ocean, so they don't got a lot of fat on. Their flavor is a little, I would say, muddy, right? For lack of better terms, they're kind of fed just fish meal, right? Um, so they don't they don't have like an, a good flavor profile coming in. And so what I'll do is I'll, I'll solve some of the problems, right? So with like most wild game, they they don't have a ton of fat in them, so you solve for that way in your cooking process, right? So with these trout, it's like you need flavor, you need fat, and you need something else to kind of make a little bit of a uh, zing to it. So with the stuffing, I would usually use ham and then some sort of, I think it was cream cheese and then sausage and then either kale or spinach. And really, you're making a super flavorful stuffing that goes inside of them that is going to be... I'm not going to say the mask for the trout, but in in a lot of ways it is. It's going to give that moist but very, very delicate flavored white kind of flaky fish some actual good texture, some good flavor in conjunction with all those other things. So basically, you got to add stuff to it to make it taste good. And if you if you think that's cheating, I just remind you about garbanzo beans and hummus, right? Like just popping a handful of garbanzo beans isn't very delicious. But if you puree it with a whole bunch of really good stuff, you get some really good stuff at the end. So if you think that that I'm hiding it, I kind of am, but do that with a lot of foods all the time anyway. You also talk about so, the importance yeah. of just salt and pepper in bringing out flavor in trout too. <laughs> For sure, for sure. So salt makes everything taste better to a point and pepper just kind of adds a little bit of zing on the top. So there's this there's this great chef. She did a book, I think it was Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, if I'm not mistaken. And if you kind of get those four things right on whatever you're doing, you can make almost anything taste delicious. So, so if you add the right amount of salt, it makes the food taste more like the food, right? If you add acid, so in this case, I think it was lemon juice, lime juice, maybe some vinegar, and then you add a little bit of fat. So I did that with the cream cheese. 
cheese, right? And then with the ham or the bacon that I added in there and then heat. So depending on how, on how you want to look at it, that could be the garlic or the, just a little bit from the black pepper, kind of depending culturally on, on what you want to use as heat. You could also bump it up with some sriracha or some, some serranos or a jalapeno, something in there to kind of bump those flavor up. But if you get those four things in conjunction tasting really good, you can kind of just, they're like Legos or, you know, build a blocks. You can really make most anything from a savory standpoint taste good that way. There you go, folks. Stocked hatchery trout. They don't have to be as bland and as awful as you think they are. You can find out more about his recipes and what's going on with him at his website, chefrandyking.com. And check out his column in Northwest Sportsman Magazine every month, The Chef in the Wild. Randy's also got a book out that is definitely worth a read as well. Randy, thanks as always for sharing this with us on America Outdoors Radio. Love being here, man. Thank you. In other news, we've got an update for you from our friends at Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska. That opening for an experienced charter boat captain is surprisingly still available. And if you are a U.S. Coast Guard licensed captain who can skipper a 37-foot sport fishing boat accommodating six anglers and a deckhand, this could be the seasonal job for you, not just for this summer, but for many summers to come. Good pay, great tips, and help getting dialed in on this fishery by the other five experienced captains in the fleet. This is a fantastic opportunity. In addition to this, you don't have to be an experienced captain to work at this beautiful secluded lodge on Prince of Wales Island this summer either. Sportsman's Cove is also looking for members for their hospitality team. We are talking about housekeepers and kitchen servers who are willing to work hard in return for a very great reward. Not only will you be paid well by the lodge, but you'll also get a cut of the tips that guests leave at the end of their stay for the shore-based staff members of the lodge. Customer service is key here. Whether you're on the hospitality team or as the captain, you have to be a people person who treats each guest with care and respect 24-7, That's what makes this place so special, is the great customer service you'll find here. These positions last from the end of May or early June through mid-September. You'll be staying on-site and room and board is provided. You'll also get some downtime where you can take out a kayak or small boat and explore the coves around the island, checking out black bears on shore and orca and humpback whales in the ocean. The scenic beauty of this place is amazing. And if you want to work in a setting like this this summer and get well paid for it, the website to go to is alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Just go to the contact page, look for the Employment Opportunities tab, and fill out your application today for fulfilling summer work in Alaska. The website again, alaskasbestlodge.com. And now it's time for one of my favorite segments of this show. It's time to talk record fish. It's not certified yet, but an 832-pound bluefin tuna is likely going to be a new Florida state record fish. Now, I knew bluefin tuna got big, but I had no idea they grew to this size. I'm not sure the crew of the No Name did either. They were out fishing April 16th off of Florida's Gulf Coast out of Destin looking for marlin when they hooked into this behemoth. It took the three anglers, Captain Jake Matney, Devin Sarver, and Jeff Tolbert, 
over four hours to get that fish to the boat, but they did it, and they brought it back to the marina the next day for an official weigh-in. If certified by Florida state officials, this fish will beat the previous record by about six pounds. Way to go, guys. The old man in the sea doesn't have anything on you three. Congratulations on your new record. On that happy note, it's time to wrap this show up. But I really want to thank our guests again today. Randy King, that friend of mine from the Boise, Idaho area, who's a absolutely wonderful chef. Again, check out his column in Northwest Sportsman Magazine every month and follow him on his website at chefrandyking.com. John Sores, that man who shared that great information about boondocking on our public lands, camping for free. And again, if you live in Northern California or are going to visit there and want some information about hiking in the area, John's websites to check out are dispersedcamping.net for his book and northerncaliforniahikingtrails.com for his four hiking guides. And of course... You can't leave out Jimmy Houston. What a man, what a legend, and what a heck of a nice guy, too. Check out his website at jimmyhouston.com, and be sure to get a copy of his new book while you're there. Here's hoping you are blessed in the days ahead, and here's hoping you get a little time outside doing something fun, whether it be turkey hunting or fishing or hiking or paddling or anything else that strikes your fancy. After all, it is your country and you're outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. (laughs) 